calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everyone? I'm Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. Hey, y'all, and I'm JJ. Hey, guys, I'm Kat. Before we jump into this episode, we did want to thank you all again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing, especially on iTunes. We just continue to see that number jump up, and all the kind reviews you all are leaving mean so much to us. Um, but on this episode, we have another awesome guest from TikTok. It's Inika. She is a ghost storyteller, almost a ghost tour guide uh, in Savannah. She's going to share a bunch of awesome experiences with us. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So what we'd like to find out before we kind of jump in is where you are on your belief of ghosts. We kind of call it our believometer. Zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts at all. And 10 meaning ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you fall on that scale? I'm definitely a 10. Have you been a 10 your whole life? Uh, no. Growing up, I grew up uh, evangelical. And it was, you know, during the 80s and 90s and satanic panic was definitely a thing. Mm -hmm. um, so my dad was thoroughly convinced that there was no such thing as ghosts. There was no such thing as aliens. Any type of stories or contact that people had with these supposed beings, there were demons. All of them were demons. And, you know, you had to resist the devil and not believe in them. So. Oh my gosh. So is your family like cool with what you do now as a, a ghost storyteller and historian or? Well, my dad was really the only evangelical. Everyone else in my family is Baptist. So yeah. uh, my the rest of my family thinks it's really cool. My dad's mellowed out a lot more. Um, uh -huh. He he will comment on some of my videos now and then and tell me he's proud of me. And I'm like, did you actually watch the video or you're just excited I'm doing something, <laughs> right? It's, well, it's interesting to me because you would think, you know, being evangelical, you obviously believe in demons because you cast them out, but like, doesn't that just mean that you automatically believe in the spirit world? That's what I thought. Um, now I just sort of think of this as part of my rebelling. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Understood. Well, <laughs> how old were you when you had your first supernatural experience? So I definitely had some supernatural experiences growing up. Um, I don't like to talk about those too much because they're really personal. Um, totally. and they revolve around my family and I kind of oh. feel like that's a family story to tell rather than a me story to tell. Um, 
what I consider my first paranormal experience outside of my family uh, was when I was working for a magazine based out of Port St. Joe, Florida. And we were working on the October issue and I knew that there were some paranormal investigators in the area. So I contacted them and asked if I could tag along on one of their ghost hunts to see if, you know, I could write something up on it. And they said, sure. So they were going to a place just north of Mariana, Florida called the Bellamy Bridge. It's, it's one of those uh, local legends that there's a million different versions of it. But essentially what it boils down to is that the area around the bridge is haunted by a woman named Elizabeth Bellamy. Um, one of the versions of the legend is that uh, she was dancing with her husband on their wedding night and her wedding gown brushed up against an open flame and she caught on fire and in her panic she rushed to the Chipola River to try and put it out but she died before she got there uh, she died before she hit the water according to yes. the legend oh my yes. gosh and so uh, the legend is that if you go there on a moonlit night you can see a woman running for the river and so the paranormal investigators I was with uh, set up at the bridge and now there is a public trail that goes there but this was the mid-2000s early to mid-2000s and there was no bridge this was on private property they had to get permission from the landowners middle of absolute nowhere mm -hmm. uh, so i invited one of my friends to come with me because being the smart person i am i decided that i didn't want to die by myself <laughs> uh, so i drug one of my friends out there with me you are not that person in a horror movie that just right. like goes off on their own to look at and investigate. Right. If I hear a weird sound, I'm going the other way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and strangely enough, we ended up hearing something out there. Uh, the paranormal investigators were set up at the foot of the bridge. If you go out to the bridge now, it's just a metal frame. Like you can't actually cross it. Um, so they were set up at the foot of the bridge. They were trying to get an EVP or something. And my friend and I were standing a good bit away from them, closer to the boat ramp. And since it's the middle of nowhere, there were a lot of fireflies. And so she and I were talking about, oh, this, it's so pretty. There are fireflies and it's a full moon and it's great. And my friend, her name is Meg. She stopped and she said, did you hear that? I said, I didn't hear anything. So we keep talking. And a few minutes later, I stopped her and I said, Meg, when you asked me if I heard something, did it sound like chains rattling? And she said, yes, it, sound, it was a metal on metal sound. And I was like, cool, let's go back with everyone else because I just heard it. Did you tell the uh, ghost hunting team about yes. the noise? <laughs> what did, how did they react to that? They went and checked it out to see if anyone was standing out there um to try and play a joke on us or something and they took some pictures and recorded some audio over there they didn't get anything but we both know what we heard and I think it's interesting that she and I heard it at two separate moments of time yeah chains I feel like are such a go-to spooky thing very like Christmas carol scary moment with the supernatural well I like I said, this is pre-Civil War, and the Bellamy's did have a plantation, so. So as a, a historian, did you do, like, any research into that uh, legend, and did you find anything interesting? I've done some research into it off and on uh, throughout the years, because 
primarily I'm a journalist, uh -huh. um, but I've always loved history and wanted to be a history teacher at one point in time. So I really do like delving into historic documents. I will spend hours uh, reading through archaeological surveys <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. Um, and there, the people who are involved in the Bellamy Bridge legend all existed. Um, mm -hmm. But if I remember correctly, uh, Elizabeth died later on in her marriage, not on her wedding night. And I want to say it was probably yellow fever or something mm -hmm. that killed her. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, what is it that kind of fueled your interest in the supernatural to the point where you've really invested all this time and energy, especially in Savannah, um, checking out the supernatural? So prior to moving to Savannah, I moved into Savannah, Savannah in 2010. Uh, before that, I was living in Panama City, Florida, and one of my friends, I was playing for the local roller derby team, one of my friends and I were talking about our interests, we both really like true crime, and she was also really into the paranormal, and we had found a few cemeteries to go check out, and actually one of our first road trips together was to Huntsville, Alabama, and that night we ended up in the haunted children's playground next to one of the cemeteries. And then we got lost trying to get out of the cemetery. Oh no, it's called the haunted children's playground. It's, it's got an actual name, but everyone knows it as the haunted children's playground. Mm. Are you more scared of like adult ghost or children ghost? Which ones scare you more? I'm not really afraid of ghosts. Um, in my experience, a lot, a lot of the ghosts that I've come in contact with seem to be more of uh, just an echo gotcha. rather than a conscious spirit. Right. So it doesn't really scare me at all. I've only ever been physically touched once by a ghost. Uh, otherwise, I just sort of see them every once in a while. Uh, and I actually don't even see them that often. I, I feel a presence more often than anything else. Okay. Yeah. I need to know the story of when you were touched by a ghost. <laughs> I'm so intrigued. Yeah, so that was, that was recent. Um, so I have a YouTube channel where I do a deep dive into local legends of Savannah and trying to find out the history behind the ghost stories. And in some cases I have to track down who is actually haunting a location because once again, you get a lot of legends and after a while people lose track of who the actual person is. And so I was researching the Siege of Savannah, which is the only revolutionary battle that was fought in Georgia. And I was standing in the area that at that point in time was known as Spring Hill. It is where the railroad museum is and it's across the street from the visitor center. And there's a memorial out there and I was standing out there. I'd shot all the video I was going to take and I just wanted to take a moment out there by myself uh, just to get a sense of what was going on. And so I was standing out there and I felt a hand on my shoulder and it startled me and I sort of shrugged out of it and turned around and no one was there. I was the only person there. <laughs> And I thought, okay, that's cool. I'm going to go now because I wasn't expecting that. 
Yeah. That's oh, so wow. spooky. I feel like I have a story where I touched a ghost. I feel like being touched by a ghost is so much scarier than touching a ghost. It was, it was weird. It was weird, mostly just because I wasn't expecting it. And I immediately left the vicinity because I was like, I'm just going to need a, a moment to process this and maybe I'll come back later and see what else happens. When you're going around and looking at some of these uh, haunted places in Savannah, how often does, you know, I mean, not necessarily, I'm, I imagine being touched by a ghost probably isn't super uh, regular, but how often do you just kind of sense that something's a little strange or paranormal about the place you're in? I pick up on it pretty fre frequently. Um, there are at least four locations where I never feel like I'm by myself. I was down on the Savannah River and I was doing a special Christmas ghost story live for my TikTok fans. And I was talking about all the tragedy and death and murder that's happened on the river or near the river and why I think that's such an active location because of that. And I just gotten done talking about a little girl who was thrown off of the old Talmadge Bridge by her mother's boyfriend. Oh my God. And as soon as I finished telling that story, it felt like I had walked into a room full of people who were talking and suddenly everyone had stopped and turned to look at me. And I was like, okay, that's cool. I was going to tell some other stories about the river, but I'm going to go now because I don't know if I made them mad. I don't know if they just suddenly realized I was there, but I'm going to go. Wow. So you just felt like you were being watched by a bunch of different entities that, you know, you, yep. couldn't, you couldn't see or hear, or you just kind of felt like the eyes on you? Yes, it, oh, it was very sudden too. Are there stories or places in Savannah that you feel like people constantly get the story wrong and would be surprised to find, you know, find out the true story behind it? And likewise, is there a story that sounds super crazy, but it's actually completely true from your research? Uh, to answer your first question, yes. The SB home which is on Calhoun Square, is one of those places that has a million different stories about it. And most of them get some of the names correctly, but that's about it. Um, during the 20s, the home, 20s and 30s, the home was owned by a man named Carl Espy. Most people call him a judge. He was never actually a judge, though. He was a cotton merchant. He shipped cotton out of the port. And he had several children, one of them being his son, Wesley. And the legend that everybody tells is that Wesley got involved with a gangster's girlfriend and the gangster told the judge that he needed to come and straighten out his son, otherwise his son was gonna end up dead. And then one night Wesley was found tied to the railings of the front porch and he had been beaten within an inch of his life and his testicles were found in his front pocket Ooh. and yeah it's it's an absolute absolutely wild tale and i was trying to figure out 
where this came from. I was going, I was researching the family. I talked to the church historian because the next, the church next door owns that home now. And I found out that all the names were correct. There was a Carl Espy, there was a Wesley Espy, but there was no gangster's girlfriend. Uh, I've heard variations of the story where Carl and his son were both bootleggers. That's not true. <laughs> um, and I was able to trace it back actually to the book, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. One of my friends here who's lived in Savannah a lot longer than I have, if I don't know something, he does. So I contacted him and I was like, I don't know where people are getting that Carl Espy was a judge. And he was like, I think they mentioned that in Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. So I went back and I reread it. And there towards the beginning of the book, uh, Jim Williams tells this story of a home a few blocks away where all this stuff happened. And it's almost exactly the legend that you hear on a lot of the ghost story, the ghost tours. And I was like, oh, that's where everybody got that. And they just didn't bother to research anything. So in reality, uh, Carl Espy was a cotton merchant. His son, Wesley, had gotten married and had children of his own. He and his wife had lived out on Tybee Island for a little while, but then they bought a home in town off of Forsyth Park. One day, his six-year-old daughter was playing in the home. She knocked over a table that had a marble top on it because this is the 1930s and people didn't childproof their homes back then. And it hit her in the head. She ended up dying from a fractured skull. And I was able to find her death certificate and it had her address. It had her cause of death. It, de it had that she died at the home. And then a few weeks later, her father, Wesley, was found at the bottom of the steps of his parents' home with a fractured skull, barely clinging to life. He was taken to a hospital. Turns out that he also had pneumonia and emphysema. So he probably walked up the steps, got lightheaded or just passed out because they're really steep steps and fell down, fracturing his own skull. Did he have his testicles? He did not have his testicles in his front pocket. Okay. <laughs> they were still not where they normally were in life. Yes. So A few weeks later when he died, he had his testicles with him. Um but there are all these legends about Wesley and his daughter haunting that home because after the Espies sold the home during World War II, it was used as an apartment complex for nurses. And then after that, it was used as apartments for students and professors for one of the nearby colleges. And those people are the ones who have said that they would wake up in the middle of the night and see a shadow of a man standing in their room. They turn on the light and no one's there. They've heard a little girl playing in the hallways and gone to see if there was an actual child out there, nothing. And then I was talking to the church historian and she said that once they turned it into office space for the church, they haven't had any record of any paranormal instance happening. So I don't know if the spirits are just at rest now or if they only come out at night when everyone's gone. But as far as I know, it's not an active location anymore. Yeah, that's fascinating. And then is there one that 
that you would think isn't true, but it actually is true? Most of the stories have at least some grain of truth to them. And then sometimes people just blow those places out of proportion. And as far as Savannah, how long have you lived there? I moved there in 2010 and And worked there for a couple of years. And then I moved away for a year and a half and then moved back. And what was your first supernatural experience when you moved to Savannah or since you've been there? So I, I moved there as a morning news producer for the NBC affiliate. And one of my friends was a reporter there already. And she was actually the one who encouraged me to apply for the job. So I went up for my interview and she was showing me around the city and she was pointing out buildings like that place is haunted and that place is haunted and that place is also haunted. And after a while I cut her off and I said, can you just point out the buildings that aren't haunted? Because I feel like that would take less time. And I found a great apartment. It was in this old Victorian house. So of course, you know, it's going to be haunted. It has been split into three apartments and the downstairs was one apartment, upstairs was two apartments, and I lived in one of the upstairs apartments. As I was moving in, my neighbor across the hall came over and he said, hey, do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> I said, yeah, sure. He said, cool, my apartment's haunted. He probably won't come over here, but if you have like any issues or anything, just let me know. <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, awesome. I, I feel like I'm officially in a, a Savannah now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any issues with his with the ghost that was haunting him? Only after my neighbor moved out. He moved out and the apartment was vacant for a little while. And I had two cats at the time. And every once in a while, they would stop and look at the door that led out to the hallway. Now, no one else was out there because that hallway only existed for the two apartments and it was closed off downstairs. So I know no one was out there. And I would listen and try to see if maybe there was a squirrel in the attic or something, never heard anything. And after a while, you know, the cats would go back to doing their normal thing. And then someone moved into the apartment, never had any issues. The cats didn't stop and stare at the door. That person moved out. The cats would stop and stare at the door every once in a while. Hmm. So I think he just got bored and wanted to come over and see what was going on. Oh my gosh. When you moved to Savannah, like I'm now, I take it ghosts are one of your primary interests. You're, uh, you know, doing all sorts of research on it and uh, gearing up to start doing some tours uh, and do lots of videos on it. Uh, but before you moved to Savannah, was that something that like really interested you? It did. I I enjoyed going. I've always enjoyed going to old cemeteries and trying to figure out who these people were. That's always been kind of fun. And of course, you know, as a kid, you come up with your own little ghost stories about how this house is haunted by the ghost of an evil witch, or there are monsters that live in this swamp because, you know, I grew up in Florida. Uh, So it was neat to move somewhere that had well-established ghost stories already. And it was cool to be able to trace some of these things back to actual historical people. That's always like my favorite type of story when you can tie it in with like an actual old, you know, old school story or from history. And do you find that most of these stories like evolve pretty drastically over time? Some do and some don't. Um, In some cases, I think people just took advantage of certain places looking really creepy 
uh-huh. uh, the old Candler Hospital, which is now owned by the Savannah College of Art and Design, like most of everything else downtown, uh, was left abandoned for years. Uh, the last time it was used was in 1980. And when I moved there in 2010, it was still in disrepair. Um, eventually the Savannah Law School bought it, fixed it up, and then they sold it to SCAD. And so I don't think the hospital seems as scary now because it's all fixed up and it's bright and very open. But when I first moved there, it looked hella creepy. Yeah. (laughs) I can see why a lot of ghost stories popped up around that hospital. And the same thing with another place called 12 Oglethorpe. Now it's a restaurant called Husk Savannah. But when I first moved there, it was a burned out Montessori school. And there were a lot of ghost stories about that. And that place seems to still be active to an extent. But I think the vast majority of stories about that place probably were just inspired by the fact that it looked spooky. Mm-hmm. Well, we'd love to find out like what some of your uh, like most haunted places uh, in Savannah are. Although um, that just made me think like, what are some places in Savannah that are like supposedly haunted that you're kind of like, no, that's just like an urban legend or that place just looks weird. Uh, 432 Abercorn is the one place that seems to have a million different stories about it. And the first time that I saw the first season of American Horror Story, I was like, most of these stories match up to the stories I've heard about 432 Abercorn. Oh, weird. Um, So I always jokingly refer to it as the murder house of Savannah. But any of the stories that people have told about it, I've heard that uh, the original owner accidentally killed his daughter. Uh, I've heard that in the 1950s, there was a triple murder. I heard that there was a satanic ritual because of course, why wouldn't there be a satanic ritual? And I went back and I researched the home throughout the years and none of those things happened. Absolutely none of them. (laughs) Again, I think it's one of those things where it was run down for a really long time and looked really creepy. And people took advantage of that because, yeah, if you stood out in front of that home before it had been fixed up, it looked like something out of a horror movie. And like windows were broken. You could see mold growing on the ceilings and the walls. And Mm. a lot of people took pictures of it. And since it was that old style glass, it's not it's not flat the way that modern glass is. It has a lot of ripples into it. And a lot of people would say that they saw a little girl standing at one of the windows during the night, staring at it, out at them. And yeah, so it's, none of those stories are true. The house could be haunted, but I don't think it's haunted by any of the things that people claim it's haunted by. Well, yeah, I'd be curious, like JJ was asking, I mean, if, if I'm a person and I'm listening to this podcast and I may have the opportunity to go to Savannah and I love the supernatural and paranormal, what, what would be like your most recommended place? I mean, I know you have a lot of awesome videos on TikTok and YouTube about these places, but is there like one or two that just really stick out to you? Like, yeah, this place, you're probably going to have an experience when you go there. If you're looking for an experience, I would say go to Moon River Brewery. Ooh. Mm. Because yeah. almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're almost, we're so almost every floor of that place has at least one spirit attached to it. Oh my gosh. I'm so, 
so ready to go there. <laughs> Is there a reason that it's so haunted? It started off as a hotel. It was the first hotel in Savannah that was built as a hotel because a lot of buildings that were used as inns started off as private residences and then were later turned into an inn or a boarding house. But it was the first hotel built in Savannah and it was very lavish. They actually had a post office out of there. Uh, one of the owners used to keep lions in the lobby. Like rawr lions? Yes, <laughs> like rawr lions. Oh, wow. And there was a shooting in the lobby at one point. Uh, there was a gambler who had a very bad reputation around town and he was uh, saying some particularly nasty and anti-Semitic things about uh, another person and they were supposed to have a duel, but then they couldn't agree on where the duel was going to be or what weapons they were going to use. And the guy he was talking ish about showed up and was like, all right, you're going to keep talking. Let's go. Mm -hmm. And shot him and killed him. And he was let mm -hmm. off because <laughs> everyone sort of felt like it was justified. And the guy he shot still haunts Moon River. Man, Savannah okay. is like such a wild and fascinating place. There's just so much history wrapped in Savannah. Mm -hmm. Right. So much of it is connected. So much of it. It's, it's a really interesting puzzle. I love puzzles and I love piecing things together. And I find as I'm researching one story somehow that connects to this completely different story. And it's so fascinating to me. What is, um, what did, do you know what your most popular video is on TikTok where you talk about Savannah? Uh, probably one of the ones dealing with Bonaventure. It seems like anytime I post something about Bonaventure Cemetery or graves in general, that one really takes off. And I put a lot of effort into a lot of my other ones, but it's always the one I don't expect to take off that takes off. I had talked about a uh, grave in Bonaventure Cemetery that still has a bell attached to it. It's the only safety grave. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that video, yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And everyone was freaking out about that one going, oh my God, I'm so afraid of being buried alive. <laughs> I had to make several follow-up videos explaining why you don't have to be afraid of that. Yeah, now. that's a non-issue these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The embalming fluid kind of makes sure that we... takes care of that problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately or fortunately, you're not you don't have to worry about ringing the bell. Yeah, that's a that's kind of a fascinating part of U.S. history. Um, mm -hmm. That whole phase we went through with putting the bell, um, and I mean, there's some like horrifying stories where they would open the grave and find scratch marks inside of it. And just, I don't know, like, I, I mean, I have issues with death and that, that just seems like the worst. <laughs> oh yeah. When I die, I really, I, if I am not like cremated or something, I really want to like give back to nature and, and the way they do it these days, I feel like you don't actually get to properly like decompose. I know that's so gross. Yeah. So you have an all natural uh, burial. You could probably claw your way out. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, I Just feel like, yourself out. I feel like nowadays, like bury me in a cardboard box, but like put a Bluetooth speaker in there and leave my, <laughs> leave my phone really charged yeah. so I can like blast some like, I don't know, Beatles or something. So someone can hear. Dude, uh, just, just, <laughs> 
you gotta just have freeze me like Walt Disney. That's all I want. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Your escape method, though, if you get buried alive, is to blast music on your phone, even though you could just call someone. Oh, wait. That makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Cause I, thought, I thought you were setting it up as like a memorial, like how some people have pictures of themselves on oh, headstones. Yeah. Like if we pass your grave, it just starts blaring Metallica or something. I, <laughs> I like that a lot. But also, to your point, JJ, about the phone call, Whose phone bill would I be on? Whose phone plan would I be on? I don't want somebody to keep making payments for my phone to keep working if I'm actually dead. Well, if you die and I'm still alive, I will not cancel the phone bill until like. <laughs> okay, that's really sweet. Yeah. I Okay, that gives me a little more solace because I won't live a, a month, you know? Yeah. If, I'm buried if you're alive. buried alive, like a month, you're, you're definitely dead. But I expect you after that month to dig me up and make sure. The longest bet ever. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is not a bit. This is real. Annika, um, if it was a Metallica song, would it be For Whom the Bell Tolls? Oh, thanks, guys. Oh. <laughs> Cat's like, can I don't. <laughs> can you brought us back? Yes. <laughs> I feel I feel like if Cat did that with the Bluetooth speaker, people would walk by and they'd be like, you know, I want to go pay my respects to Cat, but <laughs> WAP just kept playing every time I walked by. And and I don't know. I mean, I hummed along when they left. I don't know what the deal was. It'd be like all the trendy TikTok songs. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that's really interesting. I, I can't wait for us to get over to Savannah and hopefully we can do that sooner than later because I don't know. I feel like prior, like the, the last time I went to Savannah, it's been probably five, six years. And I definitely wasn't nearly as open to the supernatural and all that stuff because we hadn't done this podcast yet. And I feel like now for the three of us, it's such a part of our life where we get on every week and talk to people about these stories. I think I, I, I just, I want to see, like, do we feel anything? Do we see anything? Do we hear anything? Does JJ make fun of us for driving all the way down thinking we're going to see ghosts and he just eats fun food and drinks at the brewery? Like what is going to happen uh, in Savannah? You're right. We do need to go. Yeah. Is there somewhere you would recommend the three of us go that, that, you know, may give us, I mean, I know you said the brewery is um, supposedly pretty haunted or somewhere else that we should check out when we go down. Um, there is, um, Conrad Aiken was a U.S. Poet Laureate before the title actually existed. And he was born and raised in Savannah until he was 12. When he was 12, his father killed his mother and then himself. And the home that he grew up in has been sold again and it's under repairs or something. They're doing a lot of work on the home and that tends to stir up the spirits. And over the years, people have sworn that they've seen Conrad Aiken's parents in period clothing, just walking around the home, like it's still theirs. So I am really eager to see what happens with that home. I don't know if they're gonna turn it into an Airbnb. I know it's been uh, an Airbnb before. So it wouldn't surprise me if they did that again. If they do, I'm totally booking a room there because I wanna see. Is that a common thing for Savannah that people have like haunted Airbnbs you can stay at? It's not so much that they bill it as a haunted okay. Airbnb. It's just that there are a lot of Airbnbs and a lot of ghosts. So the odds <laughs> of you getting a haunted one are pretty good. Oh, wow. 
to read through the uh, review section very carefully if I'm yes. booking an Airbnb to Savannah. <laughs> yeah, and I know the room the was gorgeous, but that ghost would not shut up at night. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so I'm sure you have friends and stuff in Savannah. Have any of them tried to, you know, have they, have they told you about any super crazy supernatural stories they've had while they've been in oh, Savannah? Oh, yeah. I've, I've noticed that since I started my TikTok, so many of my friends are willing to tell me about their experiences. The YouTube video that I, my most recent YouTube video was about a place called Oglethorpe House, which started off as a hotel. It was a down, downtown or motor inn in the 60s and 70s and eventually became a Ramada. And then the Savannah College of Art Design bought it and turned it into a dorm, calling it Oglethorpe House. And there are a lot of legends about that place. I haven't been able to verify uh, that any of the things that people talk about happening there have actually happened. Uh, the main legend is that in the 70s and 80s, there were sex workers who used it. Uh, and that one woman was, you know, doing some business while her son was out on the walkway playing with marbles and one of his marbles rolled away. He went to try and grab it and fell through the railings. Oof. And the lack of child proofing. Right. Did they and, find the uh, marble in his pocket? Before we started <laughs> doing that. Uh, and then a few weeks later, his mother, out of despair, threw herself off the same railing and died. Oh. Um, I have not been able to track down that that happened. It wouldn't surprise me if it happened, but without a name or a more concrete date, I can't track down anything. I've searched every possible version of things and haven't been able to find a single thing. But Is if I do find something, there will, there will be an update. <laughs> Is it a lot more difficult to track down stories that involve sex workers or other people who are kind of like living at the margins? Not necessarily. It sort of depends on how they died. Uh, in her case, they probably wouldn't have reported on her death because it was a suicide, allegedly. Mm -hmm. uh, her sons probably would have made headlines, though, just because it was an accident and it happened at a hotel. Yeah. yeah. And it with it being a child too. Mm -hmm. The people that I've talked to, one of my good friends stayed there when she was a SCAD student and she heard someone walking along the walkway and it sounded like someone in heels, which is something that I hear about a lot. A lot of students who stayed at Oglethorpe House say they've heard someone walking in heels down their walkway. When they go to check, no one's there. And my friend said that she had heard it a couple of times and just kind of brushed it off. But one night she knew she needed to get some sleep because she had finals the next day. So she marches to the door, throws the door open and screams out, go to sleep. It's too late to haunt anyone and slams <laughs> the door and goes back to sleep. That's really funny. And her roommate was like, did you just yell at a ghost? And she was like, yes, I'm tired. <laughs> Wait, take your walk of shame somewhere else we're trying to sleep well it's crazy to me to to think that that um like before like that building with its like very long history and it's it's haunting legends that at one point in its life it was a ramada inn because that's like yeah. <laughs> the haunted place 
that I would expect to run into, but it's like the Mattel Ouija board, right? Yeah. The <laughs> fact that they like changed the name to Oglethorpe House just sounds like way scarier and oh, way, absolutely and that sounds like a haunted place. Well, where can our fans find your TikTok and your YouTube? I have not checked out your YouTube, but uh, my your TikTok comes up all the time on my For You page. I love watching your videos, but where can they find yeah. your stuff? I'm on TikTok as Salt Waves Spanish Moss. I'm on Instagram as Eni Edenfield, Eni spelled E-E-N-I-E, and Edenfield being like the words Eden and Field. And I'm on YouTube as Enica Edenfield. If you can find me on Instagram or TikTok, I've got all the links in my link tree and you can just find me that way. Awesome. And we'll make sure to put it in the description of this episode too. So fans, if you want to check out all her awesome channels, just click that description and head on over. We definitely recommend it. You can tell that you put a lot of work into your TikTok videos. They're not just you know, not that there's anything wrong with just straight covering stuff. I mean, there's actual work and information and it's, um, it's a lot of fun. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Is there anything else you wanted to leave us with before we head out? No, not that I can think of. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Well, that means we covered everything. Well, yeah, thank you so much for coming on and sharing these stories. We all really enjoy hearing the history of these hauntings and kind of getting into the nitty gritty of what's going on, especially a place like Savannah that's so close to all of us. I literally had uh, a fan message last night um, talking about how they can't wait to go to Savannah and check this stuff out. They live in Atlanta and because this podcast, they're going to go check out ghost stories. And I told them about this episode and they were super stoked. So I know awesome. people enjoy hearing about that and we just really appreciate you coming on. Thank y'all. Okay, guys, so it's done. It's settled. We're going to Savannah. Why not? We're all vaccinated. We all have immunity. Let's pack our bags, pick some haunted locations, Throw cat in the deep end and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely excited to get to Savannah. I'm still going to like lay low for a little bit longer, even though, even though I've got that vaccine, I'm itching to get out. I just want to, to really make sure everything is safe. But then Savannah is on my post pandemic bucket list. Like, no, I, I get that completely. I just had to return something to the mall the other day that I had ordered online and you know, I know that in theory, I'm like, you know, safe and covered um, thanks to the vaccine. But I don't know if it's like PTSD from, you know, going through the pandemic or what. But man, it felt really uncomfortable being in a super busy mall. Like I, I was like I was getting and I'm not like a super anxious person. I was getting a lot of anxiety to like just bolt out the door. Do you still have a mask on? I did. Yeah, I still had a mask. It was about 50-50 for people in, you know, that had them and didn't have them in the mall. Yeah, I like, I can't go out without the mask. I mean, it's just like, I don't even know if I need it, but it just feels like a security. Yeah, no, I agree with you, JJ. We, we, we should definitely wait till we all feel comfortable to go. But I do think um, that would be a lot of fun. And I, I've got a GoPro, so we can definitely you know, get some firsthand video of our experiences. Oh, okay. in you, know what? you can always have your camera on for when I get scared out of my mind. I can't believe, okay, if y'all don't follow us on Instagram, we are Real Hauntings Podcast. And I, we did this thing on an app and I got really scared because Noah tricked me and I was going to post it and then Noah posted it. And it's, um, it's pretty funny. 
I mean, I look like an idiot, it but it's pretty very funny. Entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so funny. Yeah. Look, we can see the numbers of how many people listen to this podcast. So I know that only like 10% of you follow us on Instagram. I'm not complaining. I understand people don't, especially these days, don't necessarily want to be on social media all the time. But if you are somebody who is on Instagram, um, we would really appreciate the follow. We'll follow you back. Uh, we share, I think, good, fun content. We certainly keep you up to date with the podcast. So yeah, it's uh, at Real Hauntings Podcast. Give us a follow. Check it out. You know, we're always open to hearing from our fans. Like if there's something in the supernatural we haven't covered that you really want us to cover, just let us know and we'll do our best to book somebody in that room. Like we're totally open to feedback and, and yeah. And you get to see this really funny reel we posted of Kat getting really scared. I mean, it's, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. And maybe in the future, you'll see some uh, GoPro footage uh, on a Segway in Savannah. Yep. Savannah, <laughs> New Orleans, all the, all, the, all the close haunted places. We're going to hit them up. I mean, how did you guys feel? Like, that's the second episode we've heard about Savannah. Like, I'm curious, JJ, if we, if we go to one of these places and say, Kat and I get really scared, how, how much of an interaction from the supernatural would it take for you to go okay yes this is a ghost and i'm scared as well well if you and kat get really scared i will hold you both really tight um keep you safe <laughs> thank you uh <laughs> i would need to lock eyes with a translucent being yeah i i feel like that would tell me like 100 yeah this happened if i like see a glimmer of something i would be kind of like man i probably just saw something weird if i felt something i feel like that would maybe it depends on how vivid it felt but yeah i still don't know yeah. if it would 100 percent convince me i i need yeah i'm with you mm -hmm. i will say i need to see it and then feeling it is a big one too I, it takes me back to when I was in Scotland on a ghost tour and I swear we went under these tunnels, like under the roads, I forgot what they're called of Scotland on a ghost tour. And there was one room where I got so sad. I started crying just so randomly. And I have, I think I've talked about this before, but I just like randomly started crying. I don't remember which room it was or why. And then afterwards I told the tour guide, the tour guide was like, did anyone experience like new emotions or like anything like that? And I was like, I like started crying in one room. And she told me like a mother had died and her baby had died in that room, like forever ago. Now, how much of that is made up? I don't know. But um, I will say I have like, that is pretty intense and, and convincing about like, especially if it happened to you, JJ, like if you just randomly got this <laughs> yeah, wave yeah. of like sad started crying. <laughs> Yeah. What about, what about if you like, cause this is one of those things we hear on our podcast time to time. What if you have a dream that is deeply rooted in something supernatural. And then like the next day you hear somebody else in the hotel talking about a dream they had and it's similar. And then you find out that it's based in something that happened at that location. Like, would you guys believe that? Or would you just say, well, it's a dream. Who knows? You know, that would maybe not necessarily make me believe in ghosts but that that would make me think there was something really fucking weird going on in that place or or just with dreams are dreams a parallel dimension probably not but i don't know we've had some really weird stories about 
people have like having the, having same, the dream. same dream mm-hmm. in, in the same room about something that I mean we we've had almost that exact story in yeah. one of our episodes yeah and, yeah that that really freaks me out but I, like it doesn't is it ghosts I don't know yeah I get really suggestive dreams or, or like I don't know suggestive is the right word but like if I focus on something like right before I go to sleep like sometimes it'll make its way to my dream and last night I was looking on TikTok and then I fell asleep and I was really tired and sure enough, the TikToker influencer that like the literally the last video I saw hung out with me the entire dream, <laughs> like was just in the dream, the so entire funny. dream. And I woke up this morning and I don't know if you guys experienced this or people in the audience, but I, I remember most of my dreams, but you know, they disappear pretty fast. I have to like hang oh, on fast. to it to remember it. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, that was weird. And then I just forgot about it. And then I was looking at TikTok today while I was eating dinner and that that person came back up and the dream just came flood, like running back. And I was like, oh, that's so weird. It feels like I know that person and I don't know them at all. <laughs> Here's what I think we need to add to our Real Hauntings episodes or um, Patreon episodes. The three of us need to have a journal by our bed. If you wake up, you write down your dream. And then we're going to share our weird ass dreams from that week. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. I used to have an Instagram, just like I would have people text me their weird ass dreams and I would put it on Instagram because I th- I think they're fascinating. They're so weird. Yeah. They're yeah. so weird. So that's our challenge. So next week, this week, let's do it. Let's put yeah. a journal fire bed. I'm I had a weird dream last night that I became a water slide engineer. So. <laughs> Maybe that was a vision of my future. And with that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm Kat. And I'm JJ. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.